pastors here at Myers Park United Methodist, and I want to welcome you to this time of worship on this beautiful sunlight, <laughs> liquid sunlight filled uh, day that we're here, and of all the places that you could have been, you've chosen to be here with us, and whether you're here in person or joining us online, either way, we're very grateful for your presence. If you could do us the favor of letting us know that you're here, here in the sanctuary on the island of each pew, there is a pew pad that you can record your attendance. If you're technologically advantaged, there's a QR code on the back of the bulletin that you can record your attendance. And, and for those of us joining from home, there's also a, a, a link that you could click on and let us know that you're here. Let us know how we can be in touch with you and how we might pray for you. And I'm here this morning with my good friend and colleague, Bill Roth. I just call your attention to all the many announcements in our worship bulletin and this week in Myers Park. I'm going to highlight one just very quickly. A common space, it's a, it's a Sunday morning gathering opportunity. It begins the first Sunday in June at 945 in room 108. Uh, it's a place for spiritual growth, for conversation, and intentional community. I hope you'll consider that as a Sunday uh, morning option this summer. And now let us prepare our hearts for our morning worship. Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly from heaven there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues as of fire appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. Now there were devout Jews from every nation under heaven living in Jerusalem. And at this sound, the crowd gathered and was bewildered because each one heard them speaking in the native language of each. Amazed and astonished, they asked, Are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, 
and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes. Cretans and Arabs, in our own languages, we hear them speaking about God's deeds of power. All were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, What does this mean? But others sneered and said, They are filled with new wine. But Peter, standing with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed them. Men of Judea and all who live in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and listen to what I say. Indeed, these are not drunk as you suppose, for it is only nine o'clock in the morning. No, this is what was spoken through the prophet Joel. In the last days it will be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Even upon my slaves, both men and women, in those days I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show portents in the heaven above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and smoky mist. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the Lord's great and glorious day. Then everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved.
affirmation of faith this morning is the Apostle Creed. It's numbered 881 in the back of your hymnals. Let us unite in this historic confession of our Christian faith. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead, he ascended into heaven, and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. I invite you to take your worship bulletins and turn there to the prayer confession, which is printed there. Let us confess our sins before God and one another. Let us pray. Holy God, breathe new life into us. Where there is anger, kindle understanding. Where there is fear, fill us with peace. Where there is division, form us as one. May your love transform us, O Lord. Amen. And hear the good news this morning. Christ died for us while we're yet sinners. That proves God's love towards us. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Glory to God. Amen. Please stand for the reading of the gospel. The gospel reading is John chapter 7, beginning with the 37th verse. On the last day of the feast, the great day, Jesus stood up and proclaimed, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart shall flow rivers of living water. Now this he said about the Spirit, which those who believed in him were to receive. For as yet the Spirit had not been given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks, Thanks be to God. God. So on this morning of Pentecost, when the Spirit is first and foremost in our thoughts, and it's the day that we celebrate the receiving of the Spirit. It's a day to feel really religious. You think? Maybe? 
I have to confess something to you. Last week, while I was on vacation in California, I heard on radio a discussion about a poll that was taken a couple of years ago, and it seems that people don't find clergy to be funny. It said only 2% of people said that they liked it when the clergy told jokes in sermons. 2%? That means 98% of you don't think I'm funny. How can you not find us funny? Right, Bill? I mean, look at us. Sometimes we have a joke and sometimes we are the joke. But I better speak for myself. One of the funny things about me that I'll confess to you is that sometimes I don't feel very religious. On most days, I can say things like, I really want to follow Jesus. I want to love like Jesus. But there are times when I would rather call down fire and brimstone and lightning to strike where I think it needs to strike, which is why it is so comical, to me anyway, that I am where I am talking to you this morning. And I feel that way because at its core, Christianity is not about being or even feeling religious. Thank goodness. Being religious, you see, is all about us trying to reach up to God, depending upon a well-lived life full of doing good deeds, counting on that to bridge the gap. All I can say to myself is good luck with that. No, Christianity is not about us reaching up to God, but it's about God coming down to us. It's about the God who invented laughter taking me out of geriatric health care and putting me directly into ministry with middle school kids. If you don't think that's funny. But it's also about God choosing to work through me, even me, which makes my being here on some days, it's almost hysterical, whether you laugh or not. And that brings me to our reason for being together here on this morning, because you see, Pentecost is a celebration of God reaching down to us, down to fragile, flawed people like us, to do for us and through us things that we could never do for ourselves. Many of you may not know that Pentecost was not originally a Christian holiday. It comes from the Greek meaning 50 days, and originally it was a Jewish festival that came 50 days after Passover, Shavuot, or the Festival of Weeks, something that our Jewish brothers and sisters just celebrated this this past week. It celebrates the end of the barley harvest and the beginning of the wheat harvest, and the bringing of the first fruits of that harvest as an offering to God. And at that offering, a shofar or a ram's horn would sound, and the priest would offer the first fruits to God, and then all the people would dance through the courts of the temple, and they would sing the words of the Hallel. That's Psalms 113 through 118. Hallel, meaning praise. Hallelu means we praise. Hallelujah means we praise 
God, they would sing the Hallel. Blessed be the name of the Lord from the rising of the sun to its setting. The name of the Lord is to be praised. And this one, which you know, this is the day that the Lord has made and we, yes, shall rejoice and be glad in it. This was the festival of Pentecost that devout Jews would have known at that time. And then by the time Jesus came along, people were beginning to associate Pentecost not only with the harvest, but with the giving of the law on Mount Sinai. Some scholars say that there's no connection between the two, but I don't know. I think that the events are too much to just be coincidence. Because if you go back and you read Exodus 19, you'll hear that God first gave the law by speaking directly to the people. The Lord had descended upon Mount Sinai with darkness and smoke and fire and a great wind and the entire mountain shook violently and the horn sounded and as the horn got louder and louder, God spoke directly to the people so that they could hear for themselves. And it scared the ever-loving daylights out of them. They said, Moses, don't let God speak to us for we shall die. You talk to God and then we'll do whatever you say. And it took 10 more chapters for God to write the Ten Commandments on tablets of stone. So fast forward 1,200 years, and all the following followers of um, God were in Jerusalem celebrating Shavuot, Pentecost, 50 days after Passover, one of the three holidays that required every Jewish male who possibly could to come to Jerusalem and make sacrifice. Also 50 days after the resurrection of Christ. And so Jesus' followers were also there doing as they'd been instructed, waiting together, praying, waiting for the Holy Spirit, the advocate that Christ had promised to them. And Acts 1 tells us that there were 120 people, including his mother Mary and his brothers. They were all together, and where could they have been? I kind of doubt that it was in a cramped upper room you know, the, the word that we translate house, they were all together in one house, can also be translated temple, as in the house of God. So perhaps they were somewhere near the temple itself. If you've been to Israel, if you've been to Jerusalem, you've probably seen the southern steps of the temple that are still there. That was a, a very popular meeting place for people to gather and to pray and to learn together. So they were all gathered together in one place and it was nine o'clock in the morning. What happens at nine o'clock in the morning? That's when the shofar sounds to announce that the offering is being made in the temple. And so the shofar sounded and once again, just like on Mount Sinai 1,200 years before, the presence of God is announced by the sound as of a roaring wind, by fire, by violent shaking of the temple and the surrounding area. And then fire came to rest on the only flammable part of a human body, on the hair of their head. And they were transformed. They were like human burning bushes they were on fire, but they were not being consumed. Only now, instead of the terrifying voice of God 
what they heard were human voices, human voices speaking in languages that they could understand. How many of you have traveled in a foreign country for a, a period of time and you'll be walking through some public place and you'll hear somebody speak English? Doesn't your head just snap around to find out where that's coming from? Who is speaking my language? That was the experience of thousands of people on that morning. And what was it that they heard? We don't really know for sure, but given that it was the festival of weeks and given that the sacrifice had just been made, maybe they were singing the Hallel. Things like, tremble, O earth, before the Lord, before the God of Jacob. I shall not die, but I shall live and recount the deeds of the Lord. I thank you that you have answered me and have become my salvation. The stone that the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. This is the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in our eyes. Whatever it was that was said, thousands of people heard it in their own language. Once again, they were hearing the words of God, only this time it didn't terrify them. This time it drew them in, and that's the miracle of Pentecost because once again, we don't have to struggle to reach God. God comes to us, and not just to the religious people, thank goodness, but comes to all the people with all of our imperfections, with all of our foolishness, with all of our silliness, all because God so loved the world and everyone in it, even the funny folks that God would do whatever it took to reach us, to draw us in. You know, the Spirit still speaks a language that we can understand, even today. I think sometimes we fail to be quiet enough to hear it. Sometimes we fail to pay attention so that we can experience it, but the Spirit still speaks to us through the words of a friend, on the pages of Scripture, in the hymns or the praise songs that we sing, in the bread and the wine that we share. And it happens all through the Spirit, through the Holy Comforter, the Counselor, the one whom God sent to us to remind us over and over and over again of the grace and love of Jesus Christ. Father Jesse Smith reminds us this way. He said, in the beginning, the Spirit hovered over the waters of creation and life came. The Spirit spoke through the prophets and life came. The Spirit overshadowed the womb of Mary and the life came. The Spirit touched the dead body of Jesus and life came. The Spirit comes upon the bread and wine at the altar, and life still comes. And here on Pentecost, Jesus says, come, be with me, and I will put my spirit in you, and life will come, and life will be everlasting. Let's face it, most of the time we're not very religious. We find being good to be amazingly difficult 
We know we're far from perfect, and we know that we're in no position to judge anyone, and that only Jesus, the Spirit of Jesus, living in us, praying, loving, yearning in us, only that Spirit can lift us and make us whole. So on this day of Pentecost, when God once again reaches out to us, join with gladness and celebration, sing God's praises, sing the Hallel, dance before the Lord in your hearts as we receive this gift of his spirit, the bread of life, this miracle of God reaching out to us, even us, and especially to those of us who are funny and frail. Thanks be to God. Let us be in an attitude of prayer. O come, Holy Spirit, blow through us on this day of Pentecost and renew our faith. Reawaken our love for God. Let your flames warm our hearts with trust in Jesus Christ and enable us to dare to do great things in his name. Inspire us to respond with a renewed commitment to your living word. Give us the courage and the energy to serve you in Christ's church. Lord, in your mercy. Wind of the Spirit, Open our eyes to recognize the needs for ministry and mission and equip us to meet new challenges in ways we haven't dared dream of before. Open our hearts to lives caught up in stressful situation. Open our hands to share the tasks that need doing and open our lips in prayer and praise. Lord, in your mercy, on this memorial weekend, we pray for those who courageously laid down their lives for the cause of freedom. May the examples of their sacrifice inspire in us the compassion of your Son. O oh God, encourage us to answer the call to work for peace and righteousness and thus seek an end to violence and conflict wherever it is found. Lord, in your mercy, wind of the Spirit blow through us and bring healing for all who face pain or illness, discouragement or disappointment, for all who know sorrow, sadness, or grief, and for the many who feel the pressures for the needs of housing and food. Lord, help us to be an answer to their prayers. 
Lord, in your mercy, Spirit of the living God, breathe on us and give us an understanding for those whose lives seem so different from ours, for those with whom we disagree, and refresh us as your faithful followers to love others as you love us in your Son, Jesus, in whose name we pray. Amen. As the ushers come, I thank you in advance for your generous giving. It is your giving that makes the mission of this church locally and around the world possible. Thank you for your gifts.
spirit of grace and power, bless these gifts today so that they may accomplish surprising things in Jesus' name. We offer ourselves too so that our lives may proclaim the good news with your grace and power. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Friends, we come to this time in our service where we celebrate the gift of the Spirit through the giving and sharing of bread and wine. We will do the great thanksgiving using the sung responses, which you can find in your hymnal on page 17. And I would like to remind you that this is an open table. This is not Myers Park's table. It's not even a United Methodist table. This is Christ's table which means it's open to anyone and everyone who will come. And we also have, today we have a, a gluten-free option if you like it. It's also COVID safe. It's available if you come up to the rail and ask for it. It would be our honor to serve you. For those of you also coming up, we will receive it by intinction, which means you'll be handed a piece of bread, dip it in the cup, and then eat it and return to your seats. So now, let us celebrate. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and a good and joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. In the beginning, the Spirit moved over the face of the waters. You formed us in your image and breathed into us the breath of life. When we turned away and our love failed, your love remained steadfast. Your spirit became upon prophets and teachers, anointing them to speak your word. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join in their unending hymn.
holy are you and blessed is your son, Jesus Christ. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church. You delivered us from slavery to sin and death and you made with us a new covenant by water and the spirit. When the Lord Jesus ascended, he promised to be with us always, baptizing us with his Holy Spirit and with fire as on the day of Pentecost. On the night in which he gave himself for up for us, he took bread, he gave thanks to you, he broke the bread and gave it to his disciples and said, take, eat, this is my body which is given for you, do this in remembrance of me. And when the supper was over, he took the cup, he gave thanks to you and he gave it to his disciples and said, drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new cup, which is poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and wine. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ that we may be for the world the body of Christ redeemed by his blood. By your Spirit make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast together at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit in your holy church, all honor and glory is yours, almighty God, now and forever. And now with the, with the confidence of the children of God, let us pray together the prayer that he taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever, amen. Because there is this one loaf, this loaf in which we share brings us together as one in Christ. And this one cup which we share brings us together in the blood of Christ.
and be blessed as you receive God.
Would you join me in our prayer following communion? It's printed there in your bulletin. Let us pray. Eternal God, we give you thanks for this holy mystery in which you have given yourself to us. Grant that we may go into the world in the strength of your spirit to give ourselves for others in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. in the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, in the love of God the Father, and on this day, especially, especially in the sweet communion of the Holy Spirit. Amen.